as we come into a open state. Nothing particularly we have to do right now. Just acknowledge we're open, we receive impressions, that's happening all the time. We receive sights, sounds, touches, fragrances, and mental impressions. Mental impressions. People, shapes, colors. Also mental impressions, how we understand these visual appearances. That's Sally, that's Joseph, and so forth. mental impressions perceptions we land on this land we receive these and then activation oh that's nice oh hello oh what should I do oh something's broken oh that needs doing you know activation occurs pretty standard experience Uh, we say this is uh, Basic intelligence. Right? Intelligence, something receives, is able to uh-huh, stay coherent. <laughs> A sense of the something receiving it. You know. It's not thin air. Uh-huh. It stays intact. And then responds. Right? It doesn't stay intact, chaotic, can't be a response. How could that be? It doesn't stay intact. Well, panic. Break up, scatter, help. I don't know what you know, don't know what's going on. Confused, chaotic, don't know what's going on. All I'm receiving is signals, so I don't know what's going on. Or, I don't feel anything at all. (laughs) Numbed out, right? Or, so busy, preoccupied with what I'm going to be doing, (laughs) I I don't, my receptivity diminishes just to listening to this loudest voice in the room, which is this, chatter in my head, right? So yeah, there's receptivity and there's responsiveness. That's our fundamental intelligence, intelligence system. And notice it can get highly activated to the point when we're just receiving our activations, we're receiving our Reflexes, we're receiving our reactions, we're receiving our opinions, we're receiving our judgments of other people, loud and clear. <laughs> so we get lost in our own story. Yeah. How does this happen? How smart is that? You know, how clogged, how confined does one's life get? If the only thing you receive is your own repetitive stories and your own opinions, judgments, views. Where does the openness go? Where does the freshness go? Where does the joy go? 
Where does the vitality go? How smart is that? Yeah. When something that's there to help us, to guide us, we receive impressions and then we say, oh, this, that's useful. Become so overburdened that we get wandering around in circles and we get confused, preoccupied, driven, driven with projects and ideas about the future. Saturated with memories, rehashing the problems of yesterday or 20 years ago, still turning them over, (laughs) rehashing them. Where does the joy go? Where does the freshness go? Where does the receptivity go? Where does the burden start to build up? How smart is that? So we recognize this system has to be kept clean, otherwise it gets cluttered. So this is <laughs> the spiritual intelligence is based upon the recognition of a fundamental quality of intelligence, which is openness and receptivity and true responsiveness, and also recognition both of, <laughs> of the way it can get Twisted, confused, distorted, mm-hmm. overridden with greed, passion, aversion, fear, mm-hmm. grief, collapse, system collapses, loses its coherence. Mm-hmm. So there's an awareness of that, and therefore there's also an intelligence that says, this is very important. This is your life. Your life could, could be completely <laughs> buried. Your vitality, your magic, your wonderful qualities could be completely buried under this mass <laughs> of inherited, remembered, doubt, worry, grief, projects for the future, plans, craving, and so forth. Let's just clean and see what we really need. So clean the system. And say, okay, now what really do you want to move towards? What really is important to move towards? Where do you want to put your responsive, directive energy? This is something we owe ourselves to do. Cleaning. Most of us, I imagine, clean our bodies every day, clean our houses every day, clean our clothes, (laughs) wash the car, clean the teeth. What about the mind? Right, cleaning out that, uh, you know, a grubby body won't kill you. A grubby mind will. <laughs> it will strangle you. And it can also, if it gets very grubby, it can be extremely destructive. You keep it clean. This is, this is smart. <clears throat> now when I talk about in- intelligence, I imagine most, most people who use this word, we would naturally refer to our ability to conceive and think, calculate, organize things. And that's intelligent. Conceptual intelligence. But I think most of us also recognize that such a thing as emotional intelligence, which is about balance, respect, sensitivity, you know, 
and it's not based upon ideas. You feel things. It's a feeling quality to it. Mm. Call this heart intelligence. Feels, and it, the feeling is agreeable, disagreeable, basically, but it's also whether the rough, harsh, you know, clear, injurious, whatever, you get a kind of felt sense of what the heart's, what's happening to the heart, very important. Because this quality, heart quality, acts as the foundation for what we think about and how we think. It acts as the, the foundation for our actions. The heart is irritable. What kind of speech do you think will occur? <laughs> yeah. If the heart is consumed with passion, what kind of topics will your mind seize upon to get preoccupied with? If the heart is filled with resentment, what kind of attitudes and um, will you will you direct towards other beings? So this is where this quality of heart gives rise to intentions, which gives rise to speech, thought, and eventually bodily action. Pretty important intelligence, isn't it? It's our moral intelligence, our ethical intelligence, our emotional intelligence, our relational intelligence. Pretty important. Keep that clean. Keep it bright. It refers to how, you know, we might say how we feel in ourselves. Saddened. We might feel bright, joyful, eager. You might feel, you know, a bit guilty or regretful. Those things have to be listened to. Something's being said here. How does it get cleaned? Well, we have another kind of intelligence. Perhaps even more rarely used bodily intelligence. So when we were practicing balance, or we practice balance, you don't really practice it, you tune into it. Right? Bodies know how to balance. Minds don't. <laughs> it's not their job. Thinking mind is about creating ideas, organizing this, that, the other. Da, da. Body is balance. Because if you, because that's his key feature. If it falls over, you're in trouble, right? So, and you could know that when you're standing, the body immediately goes, "Okay, this is the time. Forget about dinner. Forget about. <laughs> just get the balance right." Yeah. It does that automatically. That's one example of bodily intelligence, and it is pretty intelligent. If you tried to tell someone how to do it, say, "Well," Which foot, which toe, which muscle you couldn't couldn't organize the body? Just sensations, pressures. Wait a minute. This is how it all lines up 
so that no one sensation is taking over. There's that sensation on the left side, the right side, behind, but it's all just equal. And in the middle of that, it's open. It has to be open because it's listening. I'm preoccupied, sensing what's happening around it. And in that openness, there's a sense of, even though it's open, light is extremely grounded. It's very sure. Whereas we tend to think of things that are sure as being solid, heavy, weighty, concrete. (laughs) Actually, the most solid thing that we experience personally is balance. The rest of it is pressure. But a solidity that is at ease, that's balance. It's one of the key features of body. Why we did standing meditation is to remind ourselves of that. And when the body's in balance, just notice all those surplus energies. Maybe running around in your face. Don't need that. Chest. Like that. Fingers. Don't need that. Belly. I just breathe out. All starts to undo. That's also an aspect of body. Body intelligence. Body intelligence moves, seeks least, more coherence, least disturbance. That's what it moves towards. Called homeostasis. How can this be least tension, least pressure, most coherent, wholesome state? Because that's when I'm going to be most open, most receptive, most tuned in. So I want to let go of things I don't need. The body does that. The body knows how to do that. Where if you say, relax, relax. Try to relax. Well, try harder to relax. I'm trying as best I can to relax. You know, I feel really upset. Well, just relax. Well, you are you telling me to relax? <laughs> Whereas your body can go, relaxing is widening to include the whole body, because that's when the body finds hot balance. And just rest there. And you'll find out these energies begin to dissolve and become coherent. Perhaps this is unusual language, because by and large, I suppose, in the mainstream, people experience bodies as things you see, visual impression of a body. Yeah, that's, but that's what we see. That's not a body. That's a visual photograph, right? We might say the body is the sense of touch, which is true, but... (laughs) Body, when you experience touch, what happens? You get a little tingle. Right? What tingles? Say so skin tingles. No, you think the skin tingles. Close your eyes. What tingles is energy. It brightens. 
Now you clench your hand, what clenches? Energy tightens up. What releases? Energy releases. That medium of body intelligence is not words or ideas, it's energy, energies. When we come into balance, the energies of the body are coherent and steady. They're not going off in different angles. And that remains as a kind of template because (laughs) all these intelligences line up. As I've mentioned, our emotional state will very much act as a foundation for the way we think, the way we conceive, you know, the way we think of things, the way we think of people, you know, the way we think of ourselves as conditioned by our emotional habits, emotional states. Look at somebody you've got a grudge about, and you think, oh, it's her again. <laughs> you know, what you actually, you're seeing a visual appearance, and that comes an emotional memory, somebody you've got a problem with, right? So then you start to think, what's she doing here? <laughs> you know, or how can I get away? Or... Do I, have to, do I have to talk to her? I'll, I'll read a book instead. <laughs> the mind starts scurrying. Yeah? So, so our mental action, based upon our emotional status. Yeah. Of course, the thinking mind can say, oh, oh, it doesn't matter, forget about that difficult emotion, it doesn't matter, let go of it, relax. Yeah, but she <laughs> stops for a moment. And you think, yeah, but she did do that. You know, stop. Okay, let's stop now. Stop. The emotion hasn't gone away. It just goes quiet, and then it bubbles up again. So we can kind of put this layer of ideas about what we should or shouldn't feel on top of our emotions. It just holds it down. But then, when that goes off, it comes up again. It doesn't really work. So our thinking intelligence is great for sharpening pencils, uh, operating computers, driving cars, drawing maps. Object definition, very good. Brilliant object definition, very good. Subjective handling, not very good at all. It's good at objectivity, not very good at subjectivity. Because it doesn't, it doesn't feel. Yeah. It, comments, it conceives, it calculates, it compares, but it doesn't feel anything. And what is the experience of subjectivity? Feeling. It happens to me because I feel it. Yeah. i got this strong wish because I'm feeling it. Uh, and what is feeling? Energy. Energy rises, moves, moves forward, contracts, opens, quiets, energy moves. What is the basis of that energy? In your body. Obviously, it doesn't take much to recognise that when we get angry, upset, the body changes. We get fired up, energy rushes up into the head, fingers tighten up, hard areas toughen up. Yeah, very different feeling from being depressed. Depressed, everything sinks and sags. 
right? You don't see depressed people looking open and relaxed, sinking and sagging. We get frightened, what happens? We feel contracting and agitated, the body experiences. These are very obvious recognitions of how emotion and, and body are really running on the same network. And the usefulness of that is to recognize how you can relate to, meet, listen to, respond to your emotional basis with your body. Now, we, you know, as I've said with breathing, meditation, there are two very, there's a very important rhythm that the body knows, which is part, we've got balance is one thing, that's your kind of, your basic reference, but then it also knows breathing in. Now, clearly we can say, yeah, breathing in, nose, lungs, so forth. Yeah, but as, a, as that's what you think breathing is. Right? You might be able to detect sensations in your nose. What you feel is a sense of rising, opening, when you're breathing, brightening, and when you breathe out, softening, widening, relaxing. So you notice, just in everyday life, oh, a bit tired, oh, sit down, have a breather. Oh, thank goodness that's over, you breathe out. Okay, here we go, take a breath, (gasps) jump into the sea, (laughs) whatever it is. (laughs) So the breathing in is the bright, fresh, let's go for it. And the breathing out is enough, finished, relaxing. In some ways, you don't need to know much more than that. (laughs) That keeps things clean. Because when, with the energy that breathes out, can also experience a sense of agitation, fear, worry, and just, just get the breathing behind that and feeling the emotion is allowed to be there we're not going to try and think ourselves out of it justify it, explain it we just breathe it out and relax and let that the energy drain move through then inhalation what would you, what would you wish for? what would you wish yourself to be? Who do you want to be right now? How do you want to be right now? Okay, rise. Fresh, start. Keep that going. And your heart picks up that fundamental sanity. This is other things I kind of like and don't really like and would prefer not so keen on but this is important (laughs) the rest of it's just details you know I can get by without a chocolate eclair it'd be nice if but it really is important to be fresh and to release that's the priority the rest of it we just fit that in as and when is suitable so you prioritise that's pretty smart
Now, the problems that human beings face, particularly nowadays, I guess, but perhaps it's always been there, the driving will to do, the will to do uh, becomes a very dominant feature of our life. It's work, obviously. Most people, who are you? I'm a plumber. I'm a secretary, I'm a massager it's your work, you're spending so many hours a day doing it so many years of your life that's kind of, just your thing and you tend to be formed by your occupation, very powerful forming influence if you're an engineer you see people's bodies, it's just the body if you're a massage therapist you've got a tight shoulder (laughs) You know, what you see is shaped by your occupation, what you're occupied with. And so this then also, the shaping becomes a drive. Now when we come into not just work, but salaried work, another little piece is added to it, performance, gain, have to in order to get what I need for nourishment. A bit more pressure on that drive. Right, salary drive, and then we get competitive, <laughs> and then we get promotion or fired. <laughs> then we get get there on time, and then we get work harder, get there on time, work long hours, work harder, and then you get the drive, 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 drive it begins to take over. And what's happening is it's shaping get energy into a particular pattern shape and the nature of of the energy is that any pattern that's shaping it into going forward or going backwards cannot be at ease because balance doesn't go forward or backwards breathing doesn't go forwards or backwards (laughs) In and out doesn't go forwards or backwards. There's no drive in that, it's just nature. There's where we're, that's the ease. Everything else is going to shape us some direction or another. That's kind of okay as long as you can manage it. And you manage it by doing what we've been doing. You manage it by cleaning your system out. You clean it out. And every time you clean it, you think, do I really want to do that in that same way? Is it really helpful? Is it really necessary? You begin to look at ways to reset your drive. Based upon your home base. Your own life. Not upon what they say in the advertisements. Get one of these, you'll be happy. I don't think so. <laughs> Go here and it'll be wonderful. It's as wonderful as you are. <laughs> no more, no less. If you get this right, it's all wonderful. 
if you don't get this right, everything is just, well, it's okay, but yeah, another one will be good, better. We, we, we're aiming and we never quite get that satisfaction because drive is not about that. Satisfaction is release. It's the settling is the experience of satisfaction, isn't it? Now we eat some food, we're hungry, eat some food, ah, finished. That's the satisfying bit, <laughs> is when we feel everything's gone back into rest state, homeostasis. I feel satisfied. Now, drive is about dissatisfaction. This isn't good enough, I need one of those. Right? Now you might say the two do link up. I'm hungry, therefore I'll go to the fridge and get out some bread and cheese, stick it in the grill, make myself a sandwich. Um, now I'm satisfied. Uh, mm, that's reasonable, except, of course, in six hours' time, <laughs> the same thing's going to happen, isn't it? So we say there's kind of temporary satiation which can occur, you know, you're keeping your, your drive, you know, pragmatic, <laughs> realistic. This will get me through. This is enough for today. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to sacrifice my balance, my rhythm, my harmony for that. <laughs> because everything you, when you, Driving towards something, what you do recognize is that sooner or later you've got to unpack and refresh again. So you think, how far do I want to go? And which directions do I want to go? And then this is where you get this is also is intelligence. It's applied intelligence to conditions of life. It helps you to moderate how you're living. But that quality of Applied intelligence can't occur through anybody's program, anybody else's measurements or judgments. It can only occur through your own spiritual intelligence, which is thinking, clear thinking, based upon where the heart and the body become balanced and steady. Mm -hmm. Then you look at that and you base your thinking upon that. Then you have wisdom, spiritual intelligence, which links them all up. When we're that, then we know, okay, now I've got that spiritual intelligence, I can now apply it to the conditions and the realities that I'm facing, bearing in mind that which has arisen must pass, that which I arrived at, I must leave, that which I've held on to, I must one day release, let go of. How much is necessary? of this so that's the open question and it's good to leave it open life is an unfinished open question keeps us fresh keeps us inquiring keeps us bright so I'll stop there